Welcome to Bound by Books. I'm one of your hosts, Sherry Hayes, and I am joined today by, with Mary Ann Morea. How are you, Mary Ann? I am fine. I feel like, you know, somebody put baby in the corner here in my office, but that's, <laughs> if you're, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see I'm literally in the corner of my office. So it's because the lighting uh, in here stinks and it's either blinding or, or too dark that I'm in too much in silhouette. So but uh oh that's okay they're here to listen to us talk not look at how (laughs) (laughs) oh well how uh how have you been marianne you just got back right yes yes i was in savannah at the uh, literary love convention um and uh it was a success uh and, um, you know, I sold a lot of books, sold a lot of bookware, um, actually made, um, made connections with uh, author friends, met a couple of new authors, you know, newbie authors and new readers. And um, also my one clickers, you know, that are there. So it was, it was an all around success. So yes, very, very happy um, with, the, awesome. with the result, you know, and the fact that I came back healthy is, 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 a, is, a, is a good thing because some other people weren't so lucky. So, but um, oh. that's an aside. So yeah. anyway, I'm still recuperating. Wow, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, because I'm still, wow. I'm still yeah, trying to, you- I'm still trying to get over the, the, the travel, you know, traveling is, is tough, especially yeah. when I, because I drove to Savannah and it's, it was, it's a long mm. drive. It's like it's supposed to only be 14 hours, but it was like, turned out to be like 16 or 17 with all the stops because, you know, I've got the bladder of a squirrel. So I have to go, have to make stops every, every couple of hours to, to tinkle. Unfortunately, so. <laughs> that is one of the downsides of getting older because I have definitely noticed that I take a lot more potty breaks. As yeah. <laughs> as I've potty older breaks. That's very, very than, uh, <laughs> than, than what I have. Yeah. Well, I am, I have not been traveling. I have, uh, I am now in deadline crunch time. I, um, I scheduled my editor four months ago and I now have uh, about three and a half, four weeks to get about 30,000 words done. Oh, you're so you're you're in my world. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was trying to turn off the light because it was, it was blaring on me I was like having a hot flash (laughs) so well I mean I I know what that's like hostage deadlines absolutely hostage deadlines are not fun you'll get it done I was hoping that um oh I'm still I'm still working on it I've got I've got until the um my editor is supposed to take over on the 17th of August so I have until then to get it done, but you know, I, I would like a few days to let, you know, go back and be able to do some tweaking if I need to. Um, and we'll see how that goes. I may be going to the absolute, you know, deadline here. Uh, the way things goes, I was hoping not to do this. I hate being that pressed on a deadline. I'm not, that's not something I enjoy, but our woodworking business has been so busy this last month. And that it juggle. just kept pushing. I was so exhausted. I was like, oh, I just don't think I just know. They're just writing is just not going to get done today. And so I would, I was like, I'll just work on it tomorrow. And then tomorrow would come and it would literally be a repeat of the day before. And I'm just like, this is not good. Yeah, I you just like, got to push through. I just, I got it. I got to push this. through. So if anybody it, it, can, it, it is if, what it is. If anybody could talk to you about hostage deadlines, it is me and Tina Moss. 
because oh, it's like we always Tina is insane. Yeah. Tina is absolutely insane. I mean, you don't you're not much better, but Tina is insane. I mean, yeah. she will write a 50,000 word novel in like two weeks. And I'm like, you you're crazy, girl. Yeah, you're crazy. Yeah. Well, I, I left. No, I, no, 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 no. I left Jeepers Reapers. You know, I had the I had the last 21,000 words that I had 20,000 words that I had to write in, in a week. So, I mean, people, you know, there are people who are like, oh, that's that's not so bad. That's just like 3000 words a day. Well, you know, yeah, 3000 words a day when you, you know, when you when when you still don't know the end of the book because you're a panster. So <laughs> anyway, let's yeah, get and that's, to and it. That, that's <laughs> a, I th yeah, I think that's I think that is a good point. It is a little bit different if you're a panther versus a plotter, because that does that does go into it. But yeah, let's let's. Uh, Let's get to our topic today because it's not pantsing or plotting uh, or hostage deadlines. It is blurbs. We're going to yes. be talking all about blurbs today. Um, what are some good things that you need to, to do to make your blurb pop and stand out? And what are some, some things you maybe should avoid? <laughs> Well, um, I mean, for those of you out there who don't know, um, a blurb is the the story synopsis little teaser on the back of the book. And it is basically your entire story distilled down to 250 words or less. Now, there are some people who argue that point that they will write longer. I am guilty of that right here, raises my hand and heads my, hangs my head in shame. I have written longer <laughs> blurbs and I have tried to pack them full of information and basically tell the whole story. And you don't have to do that. And the reason why I'm, we're talking about this today is because we have the benefit of Sherry Hayes, who is our, our blurb maven. So I am going to turn it over <laughs> to Sherry and I'm just going to sit here like a sponge and, and, and absorb it all. <laughs> so take it away, oh. Ms. Sherry. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, first of all, I will say it is a lot easier for me to help other authors with their blurbs than it is to write my own um, because I do. And I think it's just because you're um, I don't know their story as well yep. as I know my own. And it's the common it's the common um, issue that all authors have um, because we're so we understand our story so well that we're trying and we're trying to explain it to a potential reader and it's just hard to take in you know 50,000 80,000 100,000 word novel and essentially chop it down and explain it in 250 words or less right it's and it's just it's so overwhelming and explain it in a way that's a that that has a hook because you have to mm -hmm. put the you have to put the most exciting you know grab the reader by your face by their face type of information in that blurb so that they'll want to pick up the book and and actually read the first chapter and then see if they like it you know normally i think right. people they look at the they look at the cover the cover you know it's like ooh that's pretty ooh that looks great and then they look at the, the cover and then they turn it over and they read the blurb and if they like the blurb Nine times out of 10, they're going to buy the book, provided it's not, you know, like, you know, you're charging $40 for a mass market paperback, you know, the price has to be right as well. But, uh, you know, it's a, uh, it's so it's a, it's a very important thing. And yeah. there are certain elements that have to go into a blurb, and I'm going to let Sherry explain them. 
I am totally all, putting this on you, girl. <laughs> I noticed that. I noticed that. Um, the first thing I would say with a blurb um, that mo- the biggest mistake I would say that most writers make with a blurb, and I'm not immune to this. I usually have to rewrite a blurb at least five times before I come up with a blurb that I'm actually happy with that I want to put out there for readers to do, which is not a bad thing. Um, I took a, I took a class from a um, business coach. Uh, Her name is Marie Florio. If you're familiar with her, she's a very famous business coach. And her, she actually has a class called the coffee cure. And she recommends, she's talking, she was talking specifically about websites, but it's the same basic principle. She says, you need to write your copy, which is what your blurb is. It's copy. You need to write your copy 23 times before you actually can narrow it down and tweak it. So you get the maximum amount of impact and the right verbiage and everything to do. Now, I don't typically take 23 times. That's a lot. Um, that is a lot. And I, I, in my view is we are writers. That's what we do. Yes. That's our craft. So in theory, we should be able to tweak that faster than 23 times. Yes. But the principle, the basic principle does still stay the, stay the same. Mm-hmm. Your first draft of your blurb is probably not going to be, or not what you should be, what you put out there. No, it's your foundation. Um, it is. It's the foundation. It's just to kind of, it honestly, it's word vomit. Your mm-hmm. first draft should be word vomit. Let's just get it out there. What do you think it, it, you know, your, your book is about, if you had to try to condense it into 20, 250 words and see what it, see what it comes up with. Then you need to kind of break it down. One of the biggest mistakes I see authors making, um, especially newbie authors, is they pack so much plot into things. Like they try to do like, well, this happens and then this happens and then this happens and then this happens into their blurb. And quite frankly, that's boring. I mean, it just is. It's boring. It, um, you're, first of all, your potential reader knows nothing of your characters. They don't know anything about your characters. Um, are your characters bubbly? Are, you know, do they go through some major trauma? How did they end up in this situation that they found themselves in? And why should I, as a potential reader, care? I don't know them, but why should I care? Because you need to make me care. As a potential reader, you need to make me care. Um, which is why a big rule of thumb is lead with emotion. And I think that's something that you and I have been kind of working on with your blurbs and you've been working mm-hmm. with Tina on with your blurbs, Marianne, right? Is mm-hmm. leading with that emotion, right? Right. Because I not only do I, because my books tend to have a lot of humor in them as well, um, but they also have a lot of uh, violence and tra- trauma as well. So it, I try to strike a balance with that, but I have been guilty of putting too much information in. And, you know, when somebody, you know, there are, I can see 
through my mind's eyes, some of you, some of you guys out there saying 250 words, you're like recoiling at thinking that's not going to be enough. Well, when you think about the average number of you know, number of words that are on, is on a page in a paperback, it's anywhere from 250 to 350 words on a paperback, depending on font size. And we all know that readers do not like it when you make your font size minuscule, you know, to, to try and keep your, your you know, the, the, the size of your book, you know, down, yeah. you know, yeah, let being less meaty so that they won't think it's like this giant tome, you know, they're not walking around with an encyclopedia. Mm -hmm. But you erring on the side of, of 300 words max, you know, if, if 250 gives you, you know, hives, you know, mm -hmm. you can you can raise it to 300, but you have to make sure that you hit all the points that Sherry is talking about, you know, and trust me, I've been at this game for a long time, you know, and it's the, the blurb is the hardest thing in my mind mm -hmm. to write. I would rather write the whole book than write the blurb. Yeah, the, the blur blurbs definitely take more finesse. Mm hmm than even than the book does because the book you can take your time and explain and set up a situation you can't do that with a blurb it has to be in your face you know wowing the reader in mm -hmm. 250 words or less you you cannot spend you know a page or two pages or five pages explaining something no case case in point my finding in a series is a very complex story okay it is extremely complex it deals with a young woman who was held captive as a sex slave against her will is rescued has all this trauma and ptsd and everything you can i cannot spend two pages explaining that for a blur i have to break it down and what do you do you break it down by talking about the feelings, the emotions, the, you know, that all she, how she views herself. And the way I did my blurb for that is, you know, she has, you know, she feels she's a slave, she's worthless. And I had to convey that into a blurb and it touches people. It makes them want to know about this woman, this young woman who feels like nothing. What happens to her? Yep. And it draws them in. And that's what you're looking for in a blurb. That's what you want it to do. You want it to leave the reader with enough questions that they are going to want to pick up your book and say, I have to find out what happens next. I have to read it. I have to find it out. Well, so, there, the other things that we had mentioned, um, because that's the, 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 the overarching goal but there are certain yep. other things that have to go into it as well. We have mentioned it in the past is keywords have to be put in blurbs, that the trope has to be mentioned in blurbs mm -hmm. and that it has to match the book's genre. Because we said already, lead with emotion and keeping it snappy, 250 words or, or you know, or less. Mm -hmm. I know I, I gave them the extra 50, but that's just me. <laughs> um, but, you know, keywords and tropes and match the book genre, those things are just as important. Because if somebody is looking they for, uh, you know, I write paranormal romance, urban fantasy romance, paranormal women's fiction romance, and I do have a couple of YA, and I'm going to be getting into paranormal cozy mysteries shortly, as well as historic fiction. So um, 
you know, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, you know, hats floating around above my head. Um, So each one of the blurbs for these particular books has to match the genre. Uh, Keywords are very important, um, like Marianne said, and more so as far as algorithms go with the different various retailers than with the reader themselves, although it can be important to the reader as well. Um, Case in point, when um, the book I'm currently writing is a made a December romance. There's a 23 year age gap between my hero and my heroine. I needed to make sure in my blurb somewhere, I made it very clear that it was an age gap romance. I needed to make that clear because it will make a difference in who the different retailers, what type of readers the, the retailers show my book to when it's released. And it will also make it clear if somebody is on the fence, if a reader is on the fence, they read your blurb and they're like, hmm, you know, it sounds like I might like this. If they, if there's keywords in there of books, the types of books they love, whether that is a brother's best friend romance, an office romance, um, a, uh, a firefighter romance. It doesn't matter if whatever that is, whatever that trope is, the genre, the trope, all those things need to somehow be whittled and weaved into your blurb so that it tells the right information to the right people because you want to get the right readers. That's, that's another thing yes. that, we wanted, that we probably should talk about. Blurbs will help you get the right readers to read your book. Because Mm -hmm. if the wrong readers read your book, you could end up with a slew of one and two star reviews. Unfortunately, yes. You know, even if even if your book is great, even if it's a really, really strong book. And if if you okay, perfect example. I have had I had a book years and years ago, and it was years ago. So I even if you asked me what it was, what the title was, I would not remember the name of it. Um but it was marketed as a romance. The blurb read as a romance. I read this thing and it was not a romance. Was it a good women's fiction story? Yes. Was it a good romance? No. And when you looked at the reviews, you could tell. I knew because, again, I was an author. I knew the industry. I know how things work. They had a lot of one and two star reviews on this book and every single one of them were complaining about it not being a romance. Every single one of them. And so this author, unfortunately, she was traditionally published, which means it probably wasn't her call as to how she marketed the book. But somebody made a very bad call, in my opinion, (laughs) to market that book as a romance um, because it it put her, yeah, I got the book into probably the hands of more readers, but they weren't the right readers. So that you don't want that either, especially no. if you are an indie, because first of all, I will probably never read a book by that author again, just because it was, I'm never going to be sure about what I'm getting. 
I'm going to, if I'm going to think that that's the right, the book, you know what I'm saying? If you're presented mm -hmm. with the, if you're presented that the book is going to be this way and it turns out to be another way, it breaks that trust between the author and the reader. Correct. I mean, you don't have to, I mean, there's ways to like, a, like one of the, the tropes that happens a lot in my books is enemies to lovers or mm -hmm. strangers to lovers. Um, you know, people who have some kind of little bit of animosity or a mistrust of each other, and then it builds and then they end up, you know, hooking up, you know, one way or the other. You don't have to actually say friends to lovers, but I, I, I would think you would like maybe in the last line of your blurb saying, you know, this paranormal, this paranormal romance, friends, this paranormal friends to lovers romance or or enemies to lovers romance, you know, is is a. Uh, is, is a journey that it will leave you breathless or something like that. You know, you could, you could put that at the very, as the very last line of your book so that the, the, the genre and the trope are crystal clear right there. Um, the other way is you could say, you know, that they don't like each other, you know, that they've just, that, that, that they, that they, you know, they, maybe they work together or maybe they're thrown, you know, forced, forced proximity, you know, being able, you know, forced, being forced to work together and that they don't mm -hmm. like each other. And uh, so that'll speak to it, but you can also make it very clear in that last line of the blurb. And that mm -hmm. last line of the blurb doesn't actually have to be connected to the blurb. It can be done underneath as a single line underneath it, you know, cause I have done that before. Um, but the other thing we talked about is keywords. Well, what is a keyword? A keyword is a way for the algorithms on, Amazon and Apple and Kobo and, you know, Nook and every other place you could buy an ebook. And like for me and my paranormals, um, you know, vampire, if it's a vampire book, I got to use the word vampire. You know, I have to use the word romance. I have to use the word, you know, um, something you know, like, like uh, redemption or absolution or, you know, uh, 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 you know, trapped in darkness or something like that, that would, that would speak to the fact that this is a vampire fiction or a vampire romance. Um, mm -hmm. If it's witchy, use the word witch, use the word, you know, use the word magic, you know, that type of that, that type of thing. Those keywords are really, really important. And I think, um, Sherry, wouldn't you agree um, from all of our, our research and so forth that you should try for a, a minimum of eight and a maximum of 15 keywords? Um, I honestly think that it depends. Um, you do need keywords in there. I would say minimum of five. Minimum of five. Uh, and, and, and the only reason I say that is just because blurbs have gotten shorter over the years. And because when I first started writing, blurbs were 350 words. That was that was kind of the standard. Um, you always had a shorter blurb, about 75 words, just for like those short little snippets, uh, usually for like blog tours and things like that. But the blurb that went on your book, that went on Amazon and Barnes Noble and all that, it was 350 words. Well, now we've we've basically chopped hundred words off of that and you don't and the trick is when you're putting in keywords if you have to choose between a keyword and the emotion in my opinion you pick the emotion every time because uh, there, there might be a way for you to be able to do both in the same sentence oh yeah if you, you can know. do both if you can do both great that's the ideal scenario but yep. if you get into a position where you have to choose between the emotion and the keyword, 
it's better to put the emotion in the blurb and then just pack the keywords into a separate paragraph at the bottom. Like if you like this, you know, this, this, and this, then you will love this. And right there, you've got four, you've got four keywords. You could put four keywords in there. And so you've only, you only really have to fit one or two up in the, the, the blurb, the actual body of the blurb. Right. So right. you're able to balance it out, but you don't want to lose the emotion because if you just pack your keywords, just to put them in there, um, in the blurb, you could well, that's, lose yeah, keyword the stuffing. Yeah. Keyword stuffing is also against terms of service for a lot of, a lot of the, right. the ebook things, I guess, um, 15 words went, like I had mentioned before was from when, um, I was reading, like, you know, taking, the marketing toolbox class, it was mm -hmm. for when people who had longer blurbs, you know, that you needed to, you needed to use them. So yeah, five to eight, five to eight would probably be a, be considering the, the limit that we're talking about of 250 words, five to eight yeah. would probably be a safe bet for you to be able to have, but you have to have at least five or else the, the reader might meet it. Oh yeah. My, reader might skip it because they're just, sometimes they just scan you know, they just skim the blurb, but those words right. will pop out at them. So, right. But that's not, again, that is not hard to do when you start mm -hmm. breaking it down, because again, you're, you typically, when you're writing a blurb, you have a headline. That's the first one sentence line, maybe two sentences, but usually one sentence line at the top. It's almost always um, bolded, not always, mm -hmm. but almost always bolded. That should say, that should give the reader a clear idea of the type of book. So you should have a trope in there or, you know, something yep. of that nature. Yep. And it should say what the genre is. So they should know if it's a romance, it's going to be a romance. If it's sci-fi, they should know it's going to be sci-fi just by reading that one line. They should yep. know that. Then yep. if you write the body of the blurb, focus on your emotion, and then you have those four keywords down there, you've got your five right there. And if you want to stick one or two more in the, in the body of the, if you can stick one or two more in the body of the, the blurb itself, you're set. Yep. And that's not that hard to do. It sounds overwhelming when you're, when you're thinking, oh, you've got to put five to eight keywords, you know, in your blurbs and you fit that into 250. But when you break it down like that, it's not, it's not as hard to do. daunting. Yeah. And, you know, you don't have yeah. to be so like hit them over the head with the with your first that that pull out sentence at the, you know, the headline type. Like for Jeepers Reapers, my paranormal women's fiction, my my headline um, was, you know, uh, not the start to 40. I expected, you know, so that right. should I mean, that right there tells the reader that the main character is 40 plus. So therefore, this is a paranormal women's, this is a women's fiction because the, the main character is older. But in case they aren't sure, then you, that's when you start the, the, the main body of it with all the particulars that you need. Right, right. So you just kind of have to play it down. But sometimes if you're overwhelmed by writing a blurb, it's helpful to break it down like that to say, okay, you know, in the headline needs to accomplish this and then the body needs to accomplish this and then the you know the last paragraph needs to accomplish this and then the you know you have a 
a call to action. That's the other thing we need to talk about too. The last thing you should put as part of your blurb is a call to action. And this is something that is not just specific to a blurb, but is pretty much specific to marketing in general. Yes. One thing that I have learned very, as has been drilled into my head over the last uh, several years, is that if you want a reader to buy your book, you actually need to ask them to buy your book. So don't assume that they're going to just, you know, if it's a nice blurb, they're going to buy your book. That's just not how consumers are anymore. It's why you go into a store and they have, you know, get this for, you know, you know, this or limited time offer. They're, they're trying to entice and asking somebody to actually, you know, click here or buy this, purchase this, grab this, those type of words, those action words um, will actually help. Mm -hmm. uh, and it needs to be how you close out your blurb. You need to actually ask them to follow through, take an action and give them that just that little extra bit um, to do it. I know on my Serpent's Kiss series, it's a BDSM series. Um, so I use, usually say buy and then the title of the book, uh, and get your kink on today or something like that, or get your kink on or whatever. Um, but it's specific. It's very tailored to the book and it's fun. Mm -hmm. It does. Mm -hmm. It accomplishes all the goals. It's called action. It reiterates the title of the book. It's specific to the book because it talks about getting their kink on and it's fun. So that's kind of, it, it's kind of breaking it down like that is the best way to really make. I usually work. start it. I usually end mine with a, with a, a question about the, mm -hmm. the character's journey and then uh, the words care to come along, you know, yeah. that type of a thing, that type of a thing. It doesn't have to be a, you know, a buy, buy this book now type of a thing. It, it, it can be much more subtle much more enticing that way, yeah, you know, yeah. right. But they, but it gets the point across. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, if you have not uh, listened to uh, last week's episode of, um, of the podcast, I would encourage you to do that. Uh, Tina Moss and I were talking uh, all about marketing a series. We do talk a little bit about blurbs in that episode as well. And we actually go into a little more detail on um, tailoring a blurb specifically for the different retailers because retailers do require different things, which makes yep. writing blurbs all the more fun. Yep. <laughs> so if you haven't checked that out, I would highly encourage you to do so. Um, and Marianne, you've been really working on your blurbs. I know uh, you and I have worked together. I know you and Tina have worked together a little bit on this. Um, but blurbs are kind of ever evolving. They you are. Know? They're ever evolving. And, you know, sometimes you think that you've got it down and then you, you go back and you wonder why there's a disconnect between your ad and your, you know, uh, having people click through that, click through that ad to your retail page. And then there, you know, even if you got them to that point where there's a click through rate to your retail page, and then there's a disconnect there that it doesn't lead to a sale because you figure, okay, they're, 
your your ad on Facebook or Amazon or wherever you're you're advertising is up against scads of other other ads. Okay, but mm-hmm. yours caught this reader's eye. They read the 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 ad copy. They looked at your graphic. They liked the headline. They clicked learn more or shop now or 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 whatever call to action you use right. as your button. And they it's you know they they click it. It takes them to your your retail page, whether it's on Amazon, whether it's on your website or wherever. And your retail page there will have your book cover. It'll have your, your blurb, your, your headline and, you know, author notes or what have you. And it dies there. Well, nine Mm -hmm. times out of 10, it dies there because your blurb is not, your blurb hasn't caught their eye enough, or it's too long and they skim it and they're like, meh. And they just decide that this isn't for me. So right. it, no it matter is how marketing, yep. It is no matter marketing. what kind of bells and whistles you put on your retail page, the A plus content with all the fun graphics, or even a small mm. little, you know, like a video or what have you, it's the it's the main thing is the blurb, you know, that you can that you can you can put there to catch them. So and used to be little tips and tricks you could do using Yay Text and the uh, the Amazon Blurb Generator and and so forth, where you could put stars or check marks or change the co- the color of the font or the size of the font. Um, those were third party, and Amazon eventually brought the hammer down and was just like, no, 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 no. This is gaming the system here. We don't like this. It's circumventing the terms of service. So anyway. Uh, you know, that, that didn't work. I mean, if you happen to manage to get it through and you've got a blurb that's working, that, that Amazon hasn't caught that stuff, shh, don't ever tell them, <laughs> all right? Leave it alone. But at the same yeah. time, nine times out of 10, it doesn't work there. So the, the onus then falls on you to make your words work for you. Yeah, your first, the first thing a reader, a potential reader is going to look at is your cover. The second is your blurb. Right. And so if you've got them, if you've, if they've, you've gained their interest with the cover, the blurb is where you really need to like nail deal the down deal. That, right. Yeah. You need to seal the deal with that blurb. And that's why it is so, so important. Right. Um, so I hope that you have enjoyed our podcast today and that you've learned all about blurbs and uh, maybe got some helpful tips and tricks on making your own blurb better. And please tune in next week to see what new topic we will be discussing until then bye 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 thank you for listening to the bound by books podcast for more information about the show and all of our hosts visit our website at www.boundbybookspodcast.com and if you enjoyed the podcast please subscribe and leave a review